Blog Talk Radio. Why, hello there. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in this big, wide, wonderful world of ours. <laughs> this is Dawn Champagne, and you are listening to the Goddess Diaries Radio. And today we have a special episode with Lenora Henson, wicked writer and wild woman, author of the Wicked Garden series, totally awesome blogging bestie, and I can't wait to talk about her (laughs) or have her talk to you guys. We had a little bit of trouble getting connected here, so hopefully everybody is able to hear us and the sound quality is good, but we're just going to go for it, have fun with it, and... Let's just start talking. So today I'm talking to Lenora Henson. She just recently published her sixth book in the series for the Wicked Garden series. And that book is called The Amethyst. And it's the final book in this series. And it's awesome. (laughs) Falls into the category of magical (laughs) realism. And if you guys have not read it yet, you are in for a real treat. The lessons in this book are really heavy on transpersonal psychology archetypal energies, um, mythology, and soul work. I mean, it just, it's, it's good. It's so good. And so anyway, without further ado, I want to introduce Lenora. Hello, Lenora. How are you? Hi, Don. I'm well. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yay. Okay, good. I'm in. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah, I saw we were having some trouble getting connected. <laughs> Oh, you are welcome. You know what? I always love having you on the show. And I know that we only have 30 minutes to talk, and there's so much that we can talk about. So I'm going to mm-hmm. just dive into some questions here. Um, Let's do it. I am really, really super impressed with what you have achieved over the last two years. You created, you, you, you wrote this whole series, um, six books in the series, and you self-published, you did all the artwork, you, I mean, from the outside looking in, you made it look so effortless, so, so (laughs) effortless. But I want to ask you, what is it like, Mm -hmm. really, to be an indie author? It's a lot of hard work. (laughs) Thank you for (laughs) telling me it looks effortless, because that's how it's supposed to look. Um, but there's a, there is a lot of work. It's, it's not a, well, it is a full-time job. And, um, you know, if I'm not writing, I'm working on my website. And if I'm not working on my website, I'm doing social media, I'm going to festivals. There's always something um, mm-hmm. as an indie author. And so sometimes it even gets to the point where there's so much other stuff going on that you you kind of don't get to write as much as you would like. Um, And that's just one of the the pitfalls, I guess, of being an indie author. You really have to keep your priorities straight. So so how do you do that then? What, um, I guess one of the questions that somebody asked on Facebook was how do you organize Mm -hmm. your work day? So I wonder what that looks like for you. Yeah, that is a really good question. Uh, well, in during the school year, you know, I get up and I get my kid off to school. My husband's usually already gone. Um, I get to my computer 
pretty early, and I touch base with my with my circles. Psyche Circle is a it's an online coven basically that I have, and you know it's it's private but it's open to the public. So I kind of touch base there first. Uh, I go to Pinterest, and because visually, um, I feel like I don't know when I when I see visuals it. Um, it starts my day off right, I guess. And I see pretty things because I'm an athlete, and that kind of stuff turns me on. Um, of course, before I even roll out of bed, I'm, I'm praying and pulling a tarot card and that kind of stuff. But as far as this work goes, I touch base, and then I have my phone set to an alarm. Um, and then when 8 o'clock comes, it's time to get down to work, whether that be working on some of my courses that I write um, outside of my fiction or um, working on my website, or whatever it is for that day. Uh, my business day starts at 8 o'clock. And I do take breaks during the day. Um, in the afternoon, I, I relax a little bit. Uh, and then during dinner, I'm kind of back and forth on my computer, or, you know, while I'm making dinner. Uh, and sometimes I work in the evening. But I, I, stay, I stay pretty connected to the computer. I'm pretty tethered to it. <laughs> Mhm. Yeah. And so I, what I do, time work do you wake planner. up in the morning? Oh, sorry. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Sometimes I wake up at five. Sometimes six. It just since summer started, it's been more like seven. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I'm lucky that I get to work from home, so you know it mm-hmm. varies. Yeah. Fair. And and being an indie author, you really have to be self-disciplined and self-motivated. Because, you know, you're in charge of that paycheck. You're in charge of that creativity. You know, there's nobody else around that's going to you know, provide it for you. So to really get in there and, and do the work. So that's what's well, moving, I guess. About, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, another question mm-hmm. that one of the fans, one of your fans asked on Facebook or social media was, uh-huh. I wondered if Lenora started writing this series as a hobby or if she set out to write a series that would be published. And I think that's a really yeah. good question for a lot of people who are venturing into, you know, writing or becoming a published author. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that's one part of the question. But the other thing is um, I, I see how it really ties in with what you're saying about treating it like, a business. So let's talk about that right. for a little bit. So first of all, let's answer the question. Did you set out to write this series as a hobby or did you intend to publish and turn this into a business? That is really a great question. And the answer is probably neither. It was, it was a calling. Mm. It was after meditation, I came, the character came to me and it was almost like she was asking me, I want you, or, you know, I want you to be the one to tell my story. And the muse, you know, was pushing me. She's like, I want you to be the one. And so that's kind of what happened. And I, I went with it. And it was like, it was the only thing I could think about for about eight months. And it just consumed me. And it was a good consumption. It was, it made everything else in my life better. And mm. I, I just can't explain it. it Big magic is how Elizabeth, um, what's her face? Gilbert. <laughs> you know Elizabeth Gilbert. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, that's how she explained it, and that's what it is. It, it was this magical um, obsession almost, and it was like I was taken over, and I, I was doing a job for somebody else, and, you know, oh, it was that. that idea that is sentient. So, no, I mean, I love to write. I was ready to write again, um, but it, it was more than a hobby, but I did not set out to publish, and that's what made all the difference in the world because I, there was no judgment on it. I wrote freely. I wrote for myself, and I wrote for the character, and that's what made all the difference then. So Boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> that's the answer. And, it, you know, as far as it is now, it is a business, but when I am in that creative zone, I have to pretend like it's not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I kind of have to separate it and step into those creative shoes. It totally makes sense. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you know, creative people such as yourself or those who are in the creative works, creative arts, writing, you know, visual arts, photography, whatever it is, um, I think that uh, I think that's really crucial to mm-hmm. producing good art, you know, is to be able to step aside and just kind of channel whatever energy it is that the muse is, is mm. you know, the message that the muse is trying to give you, right? And I love that you said that it was more of a calling because I want to kind of get into the book series itself now and ask you mm-hmm. a few questions about the topics. Um where I'm headed with this, I love that you said that it was a calling because I feel like when I read the Wicked Garden series, I feel like there it's it's almost like a self-help book in a lot of ways told mm-hmm. through the structure of a fictional story. And it's really, yeah. really powerful. I feel like stories are really what have... Um, healed the world in many ways. I mean, you know, there's that you can get stuck in your story kind of thing, or there's the we can write a different story. And I feel like that's what you did with this series. So in this series, you touch on heavy topics like um, ancestral karma and healing ancestral wounds. You know, you you touch Mm -hmm. on soul work and, you know, women returning or reclaiming their their higher selves, you know. Mm-hmm. And how did you manage, I guess you've already answered the question, but I wonder from, you know, from your perspective, from Lenora, did Lenora know any of this would come out in these books as you set out to write them? Not really, no. Um, you know, it was almost... It was almost like the character and I were kind of healing at the same time. And I was kind of going through some of the same things that she was. And I'm like, well, how, how is she going to heal from it? And so, or how, how would I do it? So how can she do it? Um, So there was a lot of parallel, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that answers the question. (laughs) Well, I know that you said, um, I remember in another interview, and I can't remember who it was with, it was you had mentioned something about um, a lot of the story is from your life, but not, I mean, not all of it is 
true or whatever. I can't remember how you put it. What, what was right. That you yeah, said? it's not my story. Mm-hmm. But you it's understood it. It's not my story, it. but a lot of her experience is my experience. Yeah. And, you know, I learned a lot of this stuff during the writing of it. You know, I wasn't an expert on all this stuff before I wrote the book. So if you think you have to do all this research and, you know, for other writers, if you think you have to do all this research and learn all this stuff before you write, you don't. You know, it's it's a learning process as you go. And I have learned mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you really do make it look effortless. Um, I know that a, a friend and another author, um, Jacob Nordby, had mentioned something about when after he read your books, he was he had wished that he had written his his own book in more of a fictional slant, like you did, and um, his own book being Burn the Arsonist or whatever. What was it called? Yeah, yes. the Arsonist. Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I thought that was a really powerful statement for someone like him to make. You know, just saying yeah. how to me it felt like a, a huge compliment on the structure and oh, style absolutely. of your books. <laughs> And yeah, I'm, I'm so anyway, <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, you know, because anyway, so so out of that, you learned about these themes. You you kind of healed whatever it was in your own life, along with your main characters. Mm-hmm. And now you've picked up all of these other great skills and. I think the talents you've you've really polished them, and you know, are you're able to shine now with these talents that you really honed while writing this book. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. What I I heard you mention something about helping other writers or becoming a coach for other writers or something to that extent. Is that on your horizon? I think it is. I think it is. I, I get a lot of um, email messages. And, um, you know, requests uh, just for knowledge, you know, how did you do it, just lots of questions. And so the writing process and then the self-publishing process and the social media process, and it is all a process. Um, you know, I did learn as I went, and I had, you know, there's a lot of great teachers on the Internet, but... I do have it down to almost a science, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I would like to be able to share that in a more organized fashion. So I am looking into coaching um, probably after I get my Camp Wildflower um, courses launched, then I may uh, go that route. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested, That's yeah, let's, yeah, or let's hook up. <laughs> That's really exciting. Now, yeah. earlier you had mentioned something about in part of your work structure includes relaxing in the afternoon. So I want to mm-hmm. ask you, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the value of napping? <laughs> oh, gosh, Dawn. <laughs> um, I'm in a situation now, and I don't, you know, part of it's my age, and There are lots of factors, but I have to nap now. I have to nap, and it's just I fought it for so long because I was never a napper. And so now I just finally, it's been about a year since this has been happening, and finally I'm just, I'm okay with it. I know when it's time to go lay down, and then I'm refreshed when I wake up, 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really feel like I'm losing time anymore because if I were to be sitting at my computer, I would just be in a daze. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to look at it from there. And, you know, when you sleep, you're dreaming, you're connecting with, you know, different parts of yourself. You're working stuff out um, that needs to be handled. So I think there's lots of benefits to it. Absolutely. I I think that it's underrated, really. I mean, I've read studies where um, scientists are saying that a 20-minute nap in the afternoon is like does wonders for your creativity. And Mm -hmm. it just seems so true to me. And so I know that um, you had mentioned that earlier. Anyway, you just said that it was part of your daily schedule. And I I kind of love that because I think as a creative entrepreneur, you Mm -hmm. need to have stronger boundaries around your self-care practice. And I view napping as, as one of those things. So what can you tell us about self-care and being a creative? Mm. Mm. Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Well, you have to protect your, you have to have good boundaries around that creativity. Um, Like I said, I'm lucky I get to work from home. So I'm, home alone most of the time. So it's quiet. You know, I, I can lay down and take a nap when I need to. I can turn music on when I need to. Um, those are all self-care things. But also, and I don't have, right now I don't have an office. Um, <laughs> but if, you, if, if you're going to be writing, if you're going to be starting a business, I highly recommend that. You need, you need that space. In so many ways, space is, is an, an important um, part of self-care, whether it be space from other people or a space to work. Um, space is underrated, too. And, um, gosh, what else? You've got to get outside. You've got to get outside in the elements. And for me, like I said, I'm so tethered to my computer, but as a family, we are a family that does a lot of stuff outside. So that helps balance me out. To me, that is self-care. Last weekend, we went on a kayak, and, you know, we spent a lot of, a lot of family time outside. So it, it really balances me out, and I have to find that balance. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the labor in me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Right. That just getting outside, um, I think is, is also as you do call yourself a witch. And I yeah. feel like that is really important for anyone who identifies as a witch. Mm-hmm. So have you always been so open about your practice? Cause I know you share a lot of it um, online. So I, I wonder about that. How did you, how did you, I guess the question that I want to ask is how did you find your voice in that regard to be so open about your practice? Gotcha. Um, I came from a family, I was raised agnostic. So it wasn't, and and my mother is a very strong, um, I don't want to say mouthy woman, (laughs) but opinionated and, um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, she she tells it like it is, and she's not afraid of anybody. She's not int- intimidated by anybody. And so I guess I have a lot of that in my genes or, you know, just learned it environmentally. And I guess I, I just feel as important as, an, as, as anybody else's. So when I did start identifying as a witch, I it just seemed natural for me to put it out there because I've, I've always kind of been outside of the box and people have always kind of known me that way. And so it was mm-hmm. just a natural progression. And, you know, if, if it's, if it bothers people, they can go away and I'm okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. Another boundary. You know, it's, Yay. <laughs> it is, it is. And, and they don't have to go away mad. You know, if it makes them uncomfortable, that's fine. It's, you know, that I'm not going to change myself. And, you know, I've even had a few, when you get to know so many people online and stuff, it, it gets a little difficult because, well, I have a big mouth anyway. And, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I'm quite opinionated, but I, I don't, I guess I need to reel it in just a little bit more. I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> no. But, yeah, I <laughs> I usually don't censor too much, so I don't. I don't know what else so to say about that. it's always kind of just been and, there. No, you know, no, and that's I, I don't. I don't mean to say anything about. This is not to say anything bad about people that use the different names or don't have a profile picture, but I just I feel sorry for them, and I pity them a little Why bit is because that? I can't imagine. I can't imagine living like that. <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, living my truth, saying this is me, you know, with my happy face. And, you know, I, I like to call myself the witch next, next door because I, I'm not going to hurt anybody for sure. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel I totally feel that there is a certain um, element of of. Well, I guess it's just a going deeper into your authenticity is is what it's all mm-hmm. about. It is. And, and getting to a that's point where you're so comfortable important. doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I totally that, understand what that you're saying. is in that situation, if they, that's something that they could work on, you know, instead of looking at the people that might be judging them, maybe look at yourself and saying, how could I be more authentic? How can I, you know, find more courage? And that's kind of a theme that I use with the book, too. Lots of courage. Yes. You just got to have courage. Let's talk about that a little bit. What, mm-hmm. you know, something that I really love about your book is that, um, is that theme of courage is, 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 um, leaning into the fear and doing it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have some pretty epic scenes in your book, <laughs> some pretty <laughs> epic battle scenes, if you will. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what have you learned about courage through writing this series? Hmm. You know, what's funny, Don, is that when I'm writing a scene that is like very controversial or very triggering, it's like I'm not even think about, thinking about who's going to be reading it. I'm just thinking about what that character is going through and knowing that that truth has to be told, whether it's going to be accepted by somebody or not. So I guess you can call that courage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then and I putting love it out there and, you know, hoping, hoping people like it, <laughs> but being okay if they yeah. don't. 
And that's, that's we, perfect. I think that's we so focus beautiful. way too much on approval. And, and I get caught up in that, too. I mean, I get really caught up in it sometimes, and I have to check myself. But um, approval is good, but you cannot be addicted to it. So. For sure. Well, that's and actually that's a lesson I learned from Wayne off. Dyer. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. He was the magic man. Oh, yes. I think that's a really good jumping off point into talking about what you're doing this week. You're launching Camp Wildflower, your, your virtual yes. summer camp for grown women and men. And this particular module that you're launching is an interesting one because it's all about fashion as soul work. And I mm-hmm. love that because you're, you are a woman of, in my opinion, you are deeply authentic and very creative. And I know you behind the scenes. I know you do the work every single day. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I am kind of excited about this module to see where you're going to take us, where you're going to lead us with this lesson because fashion and soul work on the surface level don't really seem like they go together. But what can you tell us about that? How do how do they connect? What's the connection there? Well, Tom Hopkins is one of my favorite authors, and he says the most important thing in life is style. And I truly, truly resonate with that. Everything you do is your style. So it's an expression of yourself the way you walk, the way you dress, the colors that you choose. Um, it's an expression of your soul. Mm. And so that's really where we're going with this. What are you saying to the world? What, is it, what wants to be said? And how can I pull it together in a way that is cohesive and, and has a statement, I guess? So that's what it, it's really about. It's, it's what is your style? And wild style, when you have wild style, you have it together. You see those people that have it together, and it may not be your, your style or what you like, um, but they've got it together. And they've got it together because they're authentically expressing themselves. So yes. that's where we're going with it. <laughs> I love that. And, and I, I know throughout your I know. It's going to be so exciting. It starts this Sunday. Mm-hmm. But people can sign up for it. Um, I have a link in the description on Blog Talk Radio, and it will also be on the, um, on the blog as well. But awesome. um, Great. I am super excited for this. And I know you talk about fashion a lot in or throughout the, the Wicked Garden series. Gretchel, the main character, is – a little bit of a fashionista, a wild mm-hmm. style fashionista. And that yes. is so perfect. And I love how um, on your Pinterest boards, you've created, you know, Pinterest boards for Gretchen's style. And anyway, mm-hmm. this is going to be fun. I can't wait for this to, to um, launch and people really yeah. get into discovering their own unique style statement. It's going to be awesome. Right, so. and that's the one for June, and then we have one for July where we are going to be talking about the night sky, the planets, the stars, the moon, and then August is Aroma Palooza, all about aroma and how it affects the soul and the memories, and then in September we have Practical Magic, 
So that's going to be super fun too. <laughs> very, very, very awesome. Um, Thank you. So let's talk about Camp Wildflower just a little bit before we have to go. We have about a minute and a half left on here. Oh, okay. Um, so I should have said this before all of this, but tell us a little bit about um, how you started Camp Wildflower and, and why. Camp Wildflower is really about that soul expression again. It's about appreciating beauty. It's about appreciating um, music and nature and self-care and all of these things that we see as, you know, frivolous sometimes. But they're not really frivolous because the soul thrives on this stuff. And so this is a camp that reminds us and takes us through these lessons to incorporate it into our daily lives. In a nutshell. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's perfect. And I think that it's it's yeah. so on theme with everything that you've produced with your Wicked Garden series, which, by the way, are available mm-hmm. on Amazon. If anybody is mm-hmm. interested, they can go to Amazon and search it for Lenora Henson's The Wicked Garden series. And then your Camp Wildflower, the virtual summer camp. So uh, it's all so on theme with everything that you do. And I just absolutely love that about you, Lenora. And I'm so happy that you are out there um, expressing your authentic voice in this world and just being a, a way shower and a leader and showing the world how it's done. So thank, thank you, you so much, Don. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. you for being a part of my journey. <laughs> oh, I'm so honored. I love it. It's so <laughs> exciting. Okay, well, the British lady just said we had 10 seconds, so I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you for being on the show, and I can't wait for Sunday. And if you guys want to check out Camp Wildflower, click on the link in the description, and we'll see you over there. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. Catch you on the flip. Bye-bye. <laughs>